Well, hello and Merry Christmas, everyone. We're so glad you're here. Years ago, I heard a story about a man who loved to sail, and on one of his sailing voyages, a severe storm made his small sailboat capsize, and he was washed onto a deserted island. Well, he was in a bit of a panic, to be honest, as you and I would be, and he took whatever supplies he could gather, and he built himself a little lean-to to get out of the weather that he could kind of sleep under at night. He put all the supplies together, sort of piled up there nearby, and he gathered as much firewood as he could, and he actually built a simple fire near his rough lean-to, and then he hiked out into the woods, hoping, hoping he just might find some food to eat. But when the man returned uh, several hours later, he was devastated to see that his small fire had actually burned out of control. It had burned up not only all the firewood he had gathered, but it burned up all of his supplies and even his lean-to that he had built for shelter. And so you can imagine how devastated he was as he fell asleep that night in the sand, wondering if he would even be able to survive this ordeal. But in the morning, the man was awakened by a huge ocean liner headed toward the island. And when he was rescued, the captain said to him, look, we would have never known you were even here except for that tremendous signal fire that you lit and kept burning virtually all night long, and that guided us. <laughs> have you ever wondered how much God is involved in the events of your life day by day, moment by moment? In just a few minutes, I'm going to share some scenarios, and I want you to answer these in your head. You don't need to blurt out your answers, but just in your own mind, I want you to decide something. These scenarios I give you, are they just mere luck and coincidence, or are they divine providence? And of course, what we're trying to get at here is how and in what ways is God actually involved in our lives today? Now, since definitions are important, I wanna start with how we're defining these words. You could define providence as God's gracious oversight and provision, oversight and provision as he guides the lives of his people. That's a pretty good definition, although a rather general one, I'll admit. A coincidence, on the other hand, is very different from that. I looked online this week, and one of the online dictionary sources defined coincidence as a remarkable concurrence of events or circumstances without apparent causation a remarkable occurrence of events or circumstances without any apparent cause, okay? In other words, it's a situation in which things happen at the same time, but you don't really see any apparent planning here. You don't see any purpose or cause behind it. So I want us to look at these two different definitions now on the screen at the same time, and I want you to see how different they are. Providence 
God's gracious oversight and provision as he guides the lives of his people, and then coincidence, this remarkable concurrence of events or circumstances without an apparent causal connection. Do you see them there together? These are very, very different views of the universe. So, Listen now, with those definitions in mind, I want you to listen to these scenarios that I spin out here, and I want you to answer in your own mind whether you think it's mere coincidence or whether it is divine providence. Here we go, first one. Your horn gets stuck as you follow a group of hell's angels down the freeway. (laughs) Boy, that would be a tough one, wouldn't it? Is that coincidence? or providence. Or here's one. It's Christmas season, and you are crunched for time. And so you have to go buy something at the mall, and you pray, God, oh God, please let me find a parking place. And you find a parking place right in front of your favorite entrance at the mall. Question, is that coincidence or providence? What do you think? Answer it in your own mind. Or here's one a little more serious. Your girlfriend dumps you, but the next week, as your heart is breaking, you feel like your life is over, the very next week, you meet a girl who's twice as pretty, and she becomes your fiance. Coincidence or providence? Or let me give you some 9-11 scenarios. And by the way, these are real, they're true, real-life scenarios They actually happened, each one of these. On the morning of 9-11, a man put on a new pair of shoes and began making his way to work. First time he'd ever worn the shoes. They weren't even broken in at all. And his journey involved a good amount of walking to his office in one of the towers. But before he got to his office, the new shoes had created a blister on his foot that really slowed him down a lot. In fact, it was kind of agonizing, he said later. So he stopped at a drugstore to buy a Band-Aid, which created a further significant delay in his getting to work. So he was not in the tower he normally worked in when it fell. Now, was the blister a coincidence or providence. Here's the second scenario. One woman was not at work on time that morning because she was stuck in unusually heavy traffic on the New Jersey Turnpike due to a horrible accident that occurred. Coincidence that she was stuck there like that or providence? One other 9-11 scenario. The head of one of the corporations who rented space in one of the Twin Towers was not present that fateful morning because his son started kindergarten that same morning and he wanted to be with his son. Coincidence or providence? All right, let's just do two more. Two more. You have a severe heart attack. And health-wise, without a doubt, it's the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to you in your entire life, but it gets your attention. And for the first time in your life, you begin to practice some basic self-care. You change your eating habits. You begin to exercise. You start getting enough sleep. And now, 20 years later, you're happier than you've ever been. Was the heart attack coincidence or providence? 
One final scenario, just one totally out of the blue here. You grew up in Tennessee, imagine that, on a cotton farm of all things, where God called you to preach the gospel, and you'd never even heard, literally never even heard of the capital district of New York. But you ended up spending your whole life there working in a church with a life more fulfilling than you ever dreamed. Question, is that coincidence or providence? You see, friends, we look at life as though we're looking at the backside of a tapestry, and it looks like a colossal mess. There seems to be no rhyme or reason, no plan or design. The threads look so jumbled and random, but God, God sees our lives from the other side, and every thread has an order and a purpose. And while it looks chaotic and messy from the human side, from God's eternal perspective, it is beautiful, it's meaningful, and it's complete. I begin a brand new series today that I'm calling We've Never Needed Christmas More Than Now. And I think that's true. This series is a look at some of the big themes in the biblical Christmas story that are super relevant but we've perhaps never needed to hear them more than we need to hear them now in times like this. Because let's face it, if we're being honest, and some of you could really say amen to this, the threads on the backside of the tapestry for so many people are looking more jumbled and meaningless than ever. The threads must have looked pretty jumbled and pretty chaotic for some of the biblical characters too, if you think about it. And yet, everything was unfolding according to God's divine plan and purpose. So let's start today. If you have a Bible of your own, let's look at Luke's Gospel, chapter one, and I want us to dive in at verse uh, 26. Luke 1 starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You've found favor with God. You'll be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In other words, his kingdom will have no end. It will never end, the angel told her. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. Oh, I love this next line, verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. 
And then Mary's reply is just incredible. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Now, if you've read the Bible much, you know that typically whenever an angel appears on the scene to anyone, whether it's like a person or in some sort of vision, the first words are, do not be afraid, and for good reason, because otherwise most people would be scared out of their minds, right? We all would. Several weeks ago, I came home from a meeting much earlier than anticipated. The meeting just got over early, and so I went back to the house. I went inside. I called out for Debbie, but there was no response. And then I realized that she was in the bathroom actually using the blow dryer on her hair. So I walked slowly toward the door, calling her name, calling her name pretty loudly. I didn't want to startle her, but the hair dryer was still going. And so I stood there in the doorway. I knocked several times pretty loudly on the door to the bathroom that was open, and she was concentrating on drying her hair and had that noise right in her ears. So she didn't hear me. And I stood there and stood there, and finally I took one step into the bathroom, and she looked up and jumped out of her skin. I assure you, she did not think I was an angel in that moment, okay? <laughs> she was startled and honestly a bit annoyed at me for scaring her. And I tried to explain that. I tried to get her attention, but, but it was the suddenness of it all and the fact that she was not expecting me that early that startled her. You know, folks, don't you think it was a bit that way with Mary? I mean, she was just going about her life, doing, doing well, her, her normal lifestyle, and the last thing she would expected was for this supernatural being to show up unannounced. But I think the content of the angel's message is what must have really confused her. You talk about jumbled threads? You think you have jumbled threads in your life? No wonder she said, how will this be since I am a virgin? Mary knew better than anyone, better than anyone, that this would require the providential and miraculous intervention of God. Mary probably struggled at times to fully embrace the providence of God in her life, especially since it involves some pain. I mean, come on, she was going to be ridiculed, misunderstood. It would involve a lot of heartache through the years, and a sword would pierce her own soul. Now, let, let's just get really, really personal here for a minute this Christmas season. Do you ever struggle with this whole idea of God's providence in your life? Perhaps you applied for your dream job, and you waited and waited, and then all you received was this generic response thanking you for applying, but letting you know that they would be continuing their search. Do you ever struggle with that? Or maybe you had this great plan for your life. You had it all mapped out, but life looks very different than what you dreamed it would be. And the truth is that right now, Right now, you are struggling to hang on to hope that there's a loving, benevolent God out there that actually cares and has your good in mind. Or maybe you fell in love with that person and you just knew there were going to be wedding bells, but he's already moved on and you feel jilted and very, very alone. And sometimes you wonder, you honestly wonder, 
is this all just random coincidence in this life? Or is God really actively involved in the events of my life? And here's the deal. All you're seeing right now in your life is the backside of that tapestry with all those jumbled threads in your life. And you wonder, you wonder if God really has a design. Oh, so many of the biblical characters, and we're going to look more in depth into their lives in the coming weeks of Christmas, but so many of them must have felt that way. But let's consider today just one other character, not only Mary's story, which must have felt pretty chaotic, but Joseph's story, I bet, I'll bet he could identify with your frustration. I mean, if Mary saw jumbled threads, certainly Joseph did as well. Matthew's gospel, chapter one, if you have your Bible, just go ahead and find that now. Matthew's gospel, chapter one gives us some insight into the jumbled threads of Joseph's life. We read these words starting in Matthew 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, (coughs) she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Now, imagine the jumbled threads of Joseph's life at this point. I mean, this isn't what he expected. He knew good and well he wasn't the father. So look at his dilemma. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream And said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And then Matthew says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then we read these words. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Have you ever been in one of those classic no-win situations? I mean, that's the situation that Joseph found himself in. What I mean by that is, no matter what choice he makes, somebody is going to get hurt. See, here's my theory. God's providence is a whole lot easier to embrace when our bank account is bulging, when our health is good, when our relationships are soaring, when everything's on the up and up, and when there's not a lot of pain involved. Oh, we love God's providence. Woo! It's wonderful. But are you with me? When there's pain, either for us or for those that we really care about, we're not so sure we like this providence thing. 
And when we're really hurting, it's just, let's be honest, it's just hard, isn't it? It's hard to accept that God is unfolding his plan because the threads look so jumbled. But the truth is, he really is. I've heard Johnny Erickson Tata share her testimony probably at least a dozen times at various conferences on TV shows and so forth. And, and she was also a regular speaker on the platform at Billy Graham Crusade years ago. And I love her honesty. It's so refreshing. She's just so honest about what it was like becoming a quadriplegic and living through that diving accident as a young woman. And, and through the years of struggle and pain, she says she came to this realization that she wanted to take her wheelchair she wanted to take her wheelchair, of all things, to heaven with her. And I've recorded here the words of one of her many testimonies that she's given, and I'm going to quote now. What I want to do when I get to heaven is to take my really old, clunky, dusty, big, bulky wheelchair that I've got at home because it's so yucky and grimy and dirty and I, I know it's not theologically correct, Johnny says, to take a wheelchair to heaven, but if I could, I would. Because when I get my resurrected body and soon after I've gotten off, uh, up off of my grateful, glorified knees, I'm gonna stand next to Jesus and I will say, Lord Jesus, do you, do you see that wheelchair right there? Well, you were right when you said in this world I would have trouble. Because I tell you what, that thing, that thing was a lot of trouble. But Lord Jesus, the weaker I was in that thing, the harder I leaned on you. And the harder I leaned on you, the stronger I discovered you to be. I, I just don't think I would have realized the depth and the wonder and the joy and peace and amazement of your grace were it not for that awful thing. I just wanted you to have it up here, Lord, so I can tell you, thank you for the gift that you gave me of living more than five decades in that wheelchair that I might come to feel the nearness of you and know your sweetness and the fragrance of your sustaining power and peace and perspective. And then with a little grin and a gleam in her eye, Johnny Erickson Tata said, and now, Lord, you can send it to hell. <laughs> Isn't that good? She's got a tremendous sense of humor. But wouldn't you agree that that's an amazing perspective on God's providence, even when it involves pain? Now, I know what some of you are going through this Christmas season. Some of you have just lost someone you deeply love, and this will be your first Christmas without them. There'll be an empty place at the table. And some of you are dealing with serious health challenges, and others of you feel fearful about the, what the new year might hold as we stand here on the brink of 2022, and you're questioning you're questioning God's providence. I want you to know my heart hurts for you and truly, truly goes out to you. 
But I wanna urge you today to believe that God has not abandoned you, nor has he forgotten you for one moment. In fact, God is still working in your life. I want you to look at this word providence again. We're gonna put it on the screens right now. Do you see that word providence? At the very heart of that wonderful, awesome word providence is the word, watch this now, Take away the last three letters and you get what? Provide. At the very heart of providence, do you see that? Just take away the last three letters. You have the verb provide. And God works in your life. You can be sure of this. As he's working, he's always working to provide you with something. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 8, 28, when he said, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. One respected theologian wrote this. I thought it was a tremendous quote. He said, notice two things in this verse. First, God works in all, notice the word, all things. Second, he's always working upstream for our good. Nothing ever happens to us that doesn't ultimately accomplish God's goals for our lives. God's providence means he's always working behind the scenes outside of our view to provide us with something, even when we don't understand what's happening at the time. That's good. If someone had said to you two years ago that there's gonna be a worldwide pandemic, it would hit us profoundly and alter our lives, this virus, you'd probably have questioned their sanity. You thought they'd lost their marbles. And yet in spite of the bane it has been, and it has been a bane, this last year and a half has also been a blessing, folks. It has. Millions, mi millions of us could gladly testify to the profound reset and recalibration God has provided into our lives through this pandemic. And so while I curse the bane that it has been, I thank God for the blessing it has been. And I really, really mean that. I think it's brought many of us back to basics. It's reminded us, hasn't it, of what's most important in life. And not at one moment, are you listening? Not at one moment through this pandemic has God ceased to exercise his providential oversight, care, and provision. So here's my big idea today, in case you're wondering. Here it is. The more we understand God's providential interventions in our lives, the more our hearts are gonna swell with gratitude. You may remember two weeks ago, I talked with you about what a powerful force gratitude can be in helping drive away anxiety. You remember I said, as gratitude goes up, anxiety goes down. And I'm saying to you today, brothers and sisters, that a realization of God's providence in your life calls for robust gratitude. 
Your very next breath and mine is from God's providential provision. Every gift, every blessing in your life, every wholesome relationship comes from his providential hand. Now, let me ask you something. And I've searched my own heart this week with this very question. So let me ask you now. When you consider those key inflection points, the key decisions, the key moments that have shaped your life profoundly in a wonderful way, when you think about those, here's my question, were any of them the sole product of your achievements? I'll just speak for myself. When I look at the great moments of opportunity and change in my life, Every one of them was a providential gift of God. And so here's my story, folks. I believe in God's providence. I believe it's powerful. And as I look back over my life, I can honestly say with Job, as he declared in Job chapter 10, verse 12, you gave me life and showed me kindness and in your providence watched over my spirit. Does the back side of the tapestry of your life look like a mess? One day in heaven, if you're in Christ, one day in heaven, God is going to allow you to see the back side of the tapestry from his perspective. And you'll see how God was weaving a beautiful design, even when you couldn't make sense of the threads He has a master plan for you, you know, and it is good, and it is pleasing, and it is perfect. So as I wrap up this message today, I want to give you just one key lesson as a takeaway from this, just one. Here it is. Express gratitude. Express gratitude daily for God's provision in your life. Oh, what a powerful practice that is. The great leader, theologian, Christian martyr, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, once observed, it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. And I'll say it again. The more we understand God's providential interventions in our lives, the more our hearts are going to swell with gratitude. Are you willing to practice gratitude? Are you willing to make that a habitual part of your soul's practice each week, perhaps even every single day? I read an article just this week that Harvard Medical School professor Sanjeev Chopra has identified gratitude as vital to happiness. Now, Chopra, a professor of medicine and former dean of the school at Harvard, cites research showing that if you express gratitude on a regular basis, you'll be happy, you'll be more creative, you'll be more fulfilled. He says, (laughs) you might even live 10 years longer. This respected medical authority says. He said that's what the research is showing us. In fact, the research research shows us that you can increase your happiness 25% by the regular practice of expressing gratitude. And I don't know about you, but my most grateful moments, honestly, are when I look back on my life 
and realize, realize how God was working providentially in my life even when I was totally unaware. Oh, I love the words of Elihu in the book of Job. In his wisdom, he says of God, get these words now, Job 34, if it were his intention and he withdrew his spirit and breath, he's talking about God now, if God withdrew his spirit and breath, all mankind would perish together and man would return to the dust. And he is absolutely right in that statement. So the next time you can't make it somewhere on time because of a family commitment, or the next time you develop a blister on your foot, or the next time you're stuck in annoying traffic, remember, God is watching over you, and it just may be that some of the most annoying things are actually God's providential care in your life. I close, I close with this story. J. Wallace Hamilton used to tell the story about a mother cat with a baby kitten in her mouth. She was trying to cross a busy intersection in New York City, but she couldn't get across. And she would meander timidly out a little bit, kitten in her mouth, and then traffic would come by, and then she'd dart back to the curb and nearly get hit by a passing car. And a traffic policeman in the center of the intersection, seeing the plight that she was in, he thrust up both of his hands to stop the traffic in both directions, and this anxious cat, mother cat, scampered across to the other side and disappeared down an alleyway. And Hamilton pointed out that that cat, that dear cat, had no idea that the authority of the New York City Police Department had been called upon to enable her to get safely across the street. And then he added, I wonder how many times the mighty hand of God goes up to get us safely to where he wants us to be. And we're not even aware of it. I truly hope, friends, that one day in heaven, God will allow us to review our lives and see how many times the strong, providential arm of God went up to protect us from harm, and we were totally, totally oblivious. And then instead of being angry at God for the occasions he did not exempt us from suffering, you know what? We're going to be able to thank him for his ceaseless providential care that got us to where he wanted us to be. Father, we're so grateful for your providence in our lives. And that while life may look like a jumbled mess of random coincidences, in reality, you are always, 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 even through the painful as well as the exhilarating experiences of life, you're always weaving your design. Oh, let us be grateful for your providence, even when it isn't so pleasant, because it's just a reminder again that you are in control. You've got this, and we can always trust in you and give you thanks forever. 
thank you that we need Christmas now more than ever because it reminds us all over again of God's providential interventions in our lives. And this we pray with gratitude in Jesus' name, amen.